Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Customer Experience Radio. Brought to you by Heineken Company, real estate advisors specialized in corporate relocation. Now, here's your host, Jill Heineck. Well, hello, and welcome to this very special edition of Customer Experience Radio. I'm your host, Jill Heineck, and I'm a business owner, a real estate advisor, and a customer experience enthusiast. I'm super excited to have Wes Moss on with us today. He's the host of Money Matters, Atlanta's longest-running live call-in investment and personal finance radio show on uh, News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. He's also managing partner of Capital Investment Advisors here in Sandy Springs. You know, he always delivers at such a high level. So I thought it'd be really interesting to hear how Wes and his teams are working to meet the listeners and his investment clients where they are, and especially in the environment that we're in. And so I thought that we'd just uh, have a conversation with Wes, and I've been listening to a lot of his recent shows and the special podcasts that you've been airing. And um, first, just give the listeners a little bit of background about who you are and how you got where you are now. Thanks for having me on, Jill. It's a lot of fun. I know that we're, we're doing this via video, but I know this is via radio. And maybe you should have your own TV channel is what you should have, not just a radio show, a television show. And I, Jill, for those listeners that are not seeing this because it's all via audio, Jill is broadcasting uh, from, most people have like a plan and a family photo and all the, Jill is in the bedroom and she gets, she's got two lamps and her bed, that is her home office. And and maybe, is that a guitar in the corner? It is. Yeah, it's cool. Anyway, it's just, it's she got a cool office. background. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on. I, I will tell you that we are, we're a financial advisory firm, so we do investments. Our mission at our firm is helping families find happiness in retirement. That is, that is, the, that is the guiding light at our firm. I wrote a book seven years ago called You Can Retire Sooner Than You Think, The Five Money Secrets of the Happiest Retirees. And that was really kind of an outcropping of a, 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 a survey that I did for habits of happy retirees and those who are unhappy and were effectively trying to re- reverse engineer how to be a happy retiree. Part, a lot of that came out of what I saw as those going through retirement that were really enjoying it and those who were not as much and just comparing mm-hmm. and contrasting. So it was almost an outcropping of that. And then that's even become even more so. The, the, the philosophy and the guiding light at our firm. But I've been in the investment business right out. I studied economics at the University of North Carolina back in the 90s, became an advisor right out of the gate. Actually, I was still in school and did an internship in Atlanta in the, in the mid to later 90s. And then I've been a financial advisor ever since. And I started with a really big firm and always wanted to go independent. And now I have a, we have an independently owned, me and uh, another family the two of our families have a, 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 a an RIA, registered investment advisory firm, that uh, you know we've had now for going on twenty plus years. So it, that is what we do for a living. As far as the media, my second job, which is almost which is, takes up a lot of my bandwidth and time these days, is is radio as well, and being able to educate the public on. So many new things has been a huge part of what we've been able to do and bring to the table as a firm. 
And a lot of it just goes, oh, people are constantly saying, oh, Wes, you must be doing so much work to get ready for the radio. And then how do you, a lot of it, what I'm doing on radio, and I do all these special podcasts now, in addition to Money Matters, the show, these are really, these are, these are pieces of research and insight that I'm looking for economically to make investment decisions anyway. So there, there, a lot of it is just utilizing the content that we want to glean and find anyway. And then we we can produce it in a way that we can publish it and and either have podcasts or radio or videos or both. And then, and obviously, and we turn a lot of that into written content on my website at westmoss.com. But it is, you know, again, the, the media side of the equation, I, I was on The Apprentice with Donald Trump, if anybody remembers that. I don't know <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's heard of Donald Trump at this stage, <laughs> but there was a guy named President, or there's a guy named Donald Trump who was a real estate mogul back in the day, and he had a mm-hmm. show on NBC. And that show, I ended up, I ended up on it, and it kind of opened my eyes up to the media and the show was really run by Mark Burnett Productions, the guy who started Survivor, and ultimately kind of woke up to, wow, there's this whole nother world of media. And that kind of got me into to doing radio. And I've been doing radio now for about 12 or almost 13 years now. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, I just do, I do that in conjunction with what, what I do from an investment standpoint. I'm the chief investment strategist at our firm. And I've been, in, in, been an investor, investment advisor for over 20 years now. And I think all those pieces kind of just come together. So I'm able to be able to do our client work. And I still have individual families that I work with. And then running the firm that we, we serve about 3,000 families at our firm, Capital Investment Advisors. And then just trying to bring the most current up-to-date information on understanding what we need to understand at any given time. And today that's the virus, right. it's coronavirus and, and what, how that impacts the economy, how it impacts markets, how it impacts real estate. Right. And, uh, and we're trying to make sure we're bringing the leading experts from Johns Hopkins and Harvard and the Brookings Institute all, all to our podcast because I want to get educated on it and then I can turn around and share that knowledge with our clients. So let's go back to real estate for a second. (laughs) So you're talking to your portfolio clients um, and they are potentially beginning their retirement journeys or they're midstream. And now we're in the middle of a pandemic and they're looking at the tickers and how are, how I'm sure they're asking and looking to you for guidance on do they liquidate? Do they hold on, continue to look at it from a long-term perspective and, are these questions you're getting and what kind of guidance are, are you, are you providing to them? Beyond what is my for for my 401k or my IRA doing and how much income am I generating? That's the kind of the primary conversation at our firm. And then number two, second only to that is real estate. Hey, what, what should I do with this house? I'd like to go buy my family and my wife and I, the kids are out of the house now. So I'm ready to go. I've been eyeing a place in St. Simon's Wes. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to go do that? Should I wait? Uh, should I keep my house here in Atlanta and then go buy the place in St. Simon? Should I rent out my place? Should we pay off the mortgage? Should we refinance the mortgage? So we do a lot of consulting around Jill, the best financial. How how does your how does your real estate, particularly your your personal real estate, and, and this is not necessarily 
commercial real estate, but your personal real estate that might be rental income too. How does that fit into the bigger plan? Because it's such a big chunk. I mean, whether you're, it's always a big chunk. Right. It's always a big percentage of your personal balance sheet. Mm-hmm. So you are, are you seeing your clients, um, how many, what percentage do you think your clients are in the mid, midstream or are jump starting? They were going to jumpstart their retirement journey before COVID actually really hit before SIP maybe. Or did you have a group? I, I'm always curious, like what happens at that point when you were ready to do it? You're maybe in your mid fifties and you had planned all along to do it and then COVID hits. And then do you re, do you have to recalibrate and figure that out or do you just keep rolling? You know, mathematically, Jill, and we've all heard of these statistics that 10,000 baby boomers retire every day. And I'm, I'm in the middle of that. And I, I was, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm constantly surprised at just how many people continue to hit that age of 65 and they're, they've been eyeing retirement. So just mathematically and statistically, a lot of people just retired right before COVID because a lot right. of people were retiring every day. Right. And and any everybody has to be prepared for big market corrections right. and big dislocations because they happen all the time. I mean, there's really, even though this has been really painful, and I think there's a, a, a higher level of emotional burden because mm-hmm. we've all been sequestered in our houses than ever before. The crash of seven, 07 and 08, the crash of 2000, 2001. I mean, here we are in the third massive crash, and we were down almost 40% of the Dow at the, at the Nader, if you go back to March, just, we had three of these now in mm-hmm. the last 15 or so years, or call it in the last 20 years. So to some extent, you got to plan for it. Right. And figure out how real estate goes into that. And, you know, one of the chapters, one of my favorite chapters in You Can Retire Sooner Than You Think has to do with uh, one, of, one, of, one really interesting uh, let's call it commonality between happy retirees is they've They've essentially either figured, they've either paid off their primary residence or they have a plan to do so in the next five years. So interestingly, as years to pay off mortgage goes down, and this is a cool chart I have in the book, as years to pay off mortgage goes down, happiness levels go up. Right. So I want to try to, (laughs) my goal typically is trying to help a family figure out, are you downsizing the house? And if you, can you downsize? And if you can go from a $600,000 house to a $400,000 house, does that help you then have no mortgage? And that's a huge part of the, I love that conversation is like, how can we get you to the point where you might be moving at this point or eyeing a, or, or, or eyeing a place that you haven't lived before? And I keep using the coast, but I have a lot of folks that, that want to go from Atlanta to, to do some sort of other housing situation when everyone's out of the house. Right. Hey, my kids are out. The it's just me and my wife, or it's just me and my husband. Does it make sense for us to have this big house still, or uh, or are there places that we could maybe move now that we weren't able to move before? All within big metro Atlanta. I mean, it's a huge it's a huge area here. And then, of course, people that are thinking, hey, is there a deal in the in the mountains? Can I go get a place? I've always wanted to do that, or. We want to go closer to the coast and get something near St. Simons or on the Florida or the Florida coast. So those conversations are happening all the time. And I think that you've got to, of course, uh, and then you think about renovation, Jill, Right. you think about like, Hey, what do I need to do to fix up my house to sell it? Or can, do I want to spend 
$200,000 to stay here? Would I rather just sell it and go somewhere else? So, you know, it's so unique to every family and it's a fun, it's kind of a fun people. I I will tell you, people like talking about their housing situation (laughs) a lot more than they like talking about their 401k. Like, okay, well, we talked about uh, my retirement account. Now let's talk about the house. That's the sexy part. Nobody wants. It's nobody wants to worry about. Nobody wants to worry about their four hundred one k. But everyone can worry about and spend time thinking about the house because we. That's right. Now more than ever, and and this is what's amazing over the next year, you know over the next several years, Jill, is how much will our insights about our primary residences change in this? Right. And they're going to be a lot. I mean, big time. If I didn't have two doors to get to this office. I would be really rethinking my house situation because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we, we've been forced to do work from home. It's worked out so well. And this is, I have a company of 40 people on our main company and then 20 right. people on our ancillary company. We have 60 people working from home, not skipping a beat. Right. So why would we ever go back to a hundred percent of people going back to the office when right. we did forever? In fact, I've already done a, a, a get back to work office plan. And the third phase, which is the phase one, two, three, we haven't even started phase one yet, but in phase three, I have 30% of us still working virtually mm-hmm. until further notice. Right. And so how are you, so from a, an experience perspective and culture perspective with your teams, you know, they still need to be able to deliver whatever they need to deliver to your customers, um, you know, from that perspective. So how are you motivating them and continually kind of keeping that, uh, the energy high from, you know, remotely and, and being able to still deliver on a, on a high level to your clients? You know, the challenge is that we're not together and as humans, we want to be you know in the same room. Right. And there's nothing that'll ever replace that. Correct. Uh, I would say, you know, being in person, that's an A plus. Being on Zoom is like a B plus or maybe, maybe, maybe an A minus, maybe a B plus. Let's go B plus. It's pretty good. And I don't think we could, you can build a brand new culture around it. And I think it is, it's tough to build. I, I think that it's, it's easier to maintain a culture via Zoom for at least a while than it is to build a culture. Via right. Zoom. You got to be together to really build a culture. You got to have holiday parties where somebody maybe, you know, made a little bit of fool of themselves and they've gotten <laughs> over it. Like that's how you really become close. Right. But, yeah. but, um, it's, it's, been fine to, it's been fine to be able to maintain that as far as customers are concerned, Zoom has been, I think, I think it's a really good evolution. It's not a substitute. It's an evolution on new communication. I did a client, I, I, I never thought I would do this, but I had a group of, I had about 80 clients on a Zoom call, just as kind of a test, talking about what we've been doing. I do a lot of this via radio and okay. videos where I'll just send it out and it's, and it's kind of just a message. But this was the first time I'd ever done, hey, I've got a bunch of my own clients collectively on the same call. Uh-huh. And I was a little bit nervous about that, thinking like, well, are people going to think, well, you're just, now I'm all together. Why are we not talking one-on-one money right. so intimate? Right. Hey, I just want to talk to you. So it's not a substitute for that. 
but it's a new, it's an evolution of saying, Hey, we can do an update live update with everyone together. And I got so many emails and text messages from clients like, thank you for doing that. It was awesome. Like, let's just do our next meeting via zoom anyway, when the world returns, like, I don't want to drive down to your office or I, let's just do zoom. I love it. So it's an evolution, Jill, not a substitute. And I think that's a way you can keep your client experience uh, very much up to date and, and very, very continue the intimacy and that emotional connection. And it's not a substitution. It's an evolution in the way we're doing business and communicating. I love that. I think that's incredible. We're doing the same thing here. Um, I'm not necessarily doing group calls, but it's been a great way to be, um, take a little bit more time to get, to be real clear on what the client is signing, what they're signing up for, what kind of, we can talk really intimately about without worrying about rushing to get into the car to get into rush hour to leave right. the office. So it's been a really relaxing way to um, go through everything that the client needs to know. So I appreciate that so much. And so when it comes to your listeners, like I'm, I know you get bombarded with questions and they, they just want to know what you think and how are you, have you changed the way in which you are delivering your information? I see you're doing a few more podcasts, you know, um, are you, are you able to give them everything that they, you feel like they need? It sounds like your listeners are very, still very engaged, still really, you know, have their ear to the screen. They want to hear what Wes has to say. Um, are you changing any way that you're delivering this information? You know, it's a tricky environment, Jill, because it's kind of, not only is it, it's, it's, a, it's about the economy. I mean, my, our job as an investment firm is to help people meet their goals right, and make sure that they're, portfolio structure is in a balance and we are, we are an income oriented firm, meaning that what we own for clients are generating income, whether it's dividends or interest or distributions. And that's still, that's velocity still remains. Now we, we have changed and upgraded the balance sheet and quality of the type of companies that we are owning. The, we, we've up, we've, we've gone a few rungs up the ladder in quality because I think we need to in this particular uh, economic environment. But I think the other thing is that when you're talking about the economy, it's such a political issue, right? You know, it's so polarized politically. So I've had to be really careful about, I yeah. mean, I'm not in the, 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 the political, I'm not a politician and I'm not necessarily, I'm not a radio host. You know, I'm not a shock jock to, um, have these, these, I'm not here to polarize. I'm here to really try to be objective. And I've right. always tried to do that. Now I'll still get comments on my podcast that, Oh, you're clearly because you want to reopen the economy, you're clearly way right wing radical. Uh, and if I say something here, we should be careful about reopening. I'll get a message like, well, you're, you're, you're you sound like a liberal and, and it's just a me. It's just very difficult. Right. It's impossible. Right. And today right. to really be totally walk the line in the middle. Right. But I think I my listen, my goals, I think as long as you're aligned objectively with your clients and you want the same thing for if, if you're totally aligned that you you want them to meet their your their goals, my my opinions about reopening the economy are look, the economy needs to be reopened. We don't want to go into a depression, which I don't think we will, but if we stay shut down forever, we will. And we've got to have some some reasonable balance about getting the engine restarted, and I'm not going to and I'm not going to shy away from that. I think it's important because then ultimately companies have to be able to have customers, ultimately that flows through to earnings, 
ultimately flows through to stock prices. And that's, that's right. my vested interest for my clients. And I don't, I don't, I guess it has become a political issue, but to me, it's an economic issue. Well, and your clients look to you for your opinion. Now, again, it's still your opinion. So right. what people perceive to be political is, you know, I guess their problem. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's just the, it's just um, the world we live in today. I know. It's just the world we live in today. So are you seeing, I mean, I I would think, are you, now that we, you know, we've been sequestered for probably call it seven, eight weeks, let's call it two months. I would, I don't, I don't know. Are people starting to, uh, now that Georgia's reopening, are are, are real estate, are people looking to you and saying, hey, I'm ready to make or thinking about making a move? Are you seeing a little? Yes. Our business uh, has exploded in the last four weeks. We've written over, uh, in the last four weeks, we've written, and six contracts. Um, we have several more in the pipeline right now. It has been incredible the amount of agreements that we've signed to engage our services because part of the reason, because of Zoom, we'd be able to just coordinate it easier um, mm-hmm. and faster. And so for us, it's, it, it's the opposite of what you would think it would be. Um, there's two more layers to getting uh, contracts solidified. So I'm going by myself to the property, COVID ready, doing the FaceTime walkthrough with the client who's at home after they've yeah. already scrutinized online properties and videos and whatnot. And um, we're very, very careful. It's taking a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, it's not slowing down interest. And so as we all know, real estate, you know, really is the backbone of part, you know, of the American economy. So as long as people are wanting to buy and sell property, um, you know, we, that's a great thing, but we also know that sector of the economy that's not working is also going to impact real estate. So, um, we're keeping our eyes out and, you know, we, we are praying and we're very, we're much like you, very optimistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm very optimistic that we get this right. You know, there, there's been so much because Georgia was, somewhat first to market on reopening right? and optically maybe we didn't do it in the perfect way by starting with tattoo parlors. Right. Right. The, the, but the idea of getting back to work, I'm, I'm very much behind and very much, uh, in line with, but you know, there's been so much criticism. Uh, there, there are a couple different articles that I've seen just this week that are, they're bashing the state of Georgia and they're people that are like rooting against us. That's and right. that really, that really bugs me that, yes. you know, you can, you, it, it really bugs me that you've got such polarization and there are folks that are almost, they're scorning us from afar. You've got right. people in the Northeast, you've got people out West looking at us saying there's, you know, you're, 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 you're irresponsibly reopening. And I think that the, what I think is that just because we're allowed to reopen doesn't mean everybody does reopen. Number one, number two, just like you're, you're mentioning the, and I, and I think about the, you hear commercials on our, our station at WSB radio there, every single one of them is like, here, here's how we have adapted to do business. That's right. You know, we, we, even roofers are like, look, we're not going to come and shake your hand. We can do this right. via FaceTime. We'll come and we'll fix your roof. Yes. Everywhere from roofers to any other industry, they're trying to figure out how to, to get back to work safely. That's right. And to me, that's that's the spirit of entrepreneur entrepreneurs is to fi- adapt to the environment we're in, not not just 
throw our arms in the air and say, wait, well, we're going to have to wait till everything's perfect again because it never will be. No. We've got to be able to adapt to the world, that the, the, the cards that we are, are given. That's right. That's right. And I, I really appreciate your insight and your time today. I, I continue to to be a big fan and listen and hope that, you know, every time I listen, I get, I glean something that will be able to be applicable to our situation. And I know a lot of our listeners really appreciate your insight. Um, so I wanted to, is there anything that you'd like to impart on our listeners before you leave any piece of advice or um, tell us where they can find you? <laughs> well, I, one, I would say that I followed Jill Heineck and her team for a long time and, and you guys are some of the very best in the business. So that would be one of my pieces of advice for your listeners. <laughs> you. They probably already love you. Uh, the, you know, the second part is that from a financial standpoint, we are again available through just like anybody else through Zoom and chat. We have had no business interruption. It's, it's easier to coordinate today more than ever. And the, my thought is, yeah, you can, people can find us at westmoss.com. W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. It's where we post a lot of our resources and articles about the world we're living in today to try to keep people informed. And then you can contact us through that. And that, um, and I think that that's a good hub for uh, you to find uh, my firm and the Money Matters team. The, our, our firm name is Capital Investment Advisors. So the, that you can find our th- firm through our website. And, and we're still love to, to chat with folks and see if we can see if we can help. Excellent. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. I'm proud to share this show with you as these stories prioritize the customer experience as a legitimate business strategy, reminding us uh, that no matter the business that you are in, entertainment, investments, or real estate, the customer experience should always be at the heart of the business. 